Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Well, Whitey Gleason, less than 24 hours following... Maybe the Warriors' best win of the season, if not the best, uh, the second best, the eight-man dubs, although with a different group of eight, had to take the floor tonight uh, against the Washington Wizards, second of a back-to-back, and uh, the Warriors got down seven at the end of the first quarter. Bradley Beal uh, just went off and torched the Warriors for 22 of his 34 points in that first quarter, and uh, the Wizards would build a 22-point lead and go on to win tonight here at Chase Center, 124-110. to So the Warriors have lost nine consecutive home games. Uh, tough to call it up uh, like the Warriors did a second night in a row after a poor start. Uh, they actually did fight back in the second quarter uh, to make it uh, a six-point game at halftime, but uh, you add it all up, and the Warriors just uh, didn't have much in the second half tonight for that Elite Eight, as they put it. When you look at this Warriors roster, obviously they're challenged any number of ways. They have a number of G League players, guys on 10-day deals, and it's been that way through much of the year. And it seems to me there are two ways that opposing, opposing teams, pardon me, opponents, approach this Warriors team, and I think we've seen those two ways in each of the last uh, two nights. Sometimes you have a team like Phoenix last night, they get ahead of the Warriors, and then they lose interest, and they just don't have the interest in uh, giving the Warriors their full attention, and at times, as the Warriors did last night, the Warriors take advantage of that opportunity. Tonight, we saw a team that realized there are opportunities here to put up some numbers against this team. The went out tonight. How about this number? Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans combined to go 15 for 19 from beyond the three-point line. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I mean, Steph and Clay have had some big-time nights pretty close to that mm-hmm. uh, at different points. Maybe Steph will have a, an 8 of a, eight of 12, and Clay will have something where you know he's 6 of 7 or something like that, uh, although usually they'd be putting it up maybe even more than that on right, nights where right. they're that hot. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's incredible to to look at that particular part uh, of the box score and led by those two, the Wizards wind up twenty of thirty as a team. Yeah, yeah. twenty of thirty as a team, and that continues in a year where look, we all know what the deal is for the Warriors this year. Now with twenty one games to go, thirteen and forty eight, we all know the reason they're in the position they're in. But when you really dissect the things that have bothered the Warriors this year it's really been the three-point disparity it's been that teams have against them for the most part 
hit a very high percentage of three-point shots and hit a ton of them compared to the Warriors who just don't have enough shooters on a night-in, night-out basis. And you look at tonight, they get doubled up and then some with uh, 60 of the 124 points uh, coming from the three-point line for the Wizards. The Warriors knocked down just nine for 27 points. Yeah, to that point, John Dickinson, the last time these two teams played, the day after the Super Bowl, the Warriors shot very well from beyond the arc. I think they were 15 for 30, something along those lines. But eight of those threes in that game were made by players who are no longer with the Warriors. Speaking of players who aren't currently with the Warriors, uh, and I'm not suggesting anything here. I don't know what's going on, but it's curious to me that Draymond Green played Thursday against the Lakers. He was ejected. Played he, 10 minutes. Yeah, and he had missed some time with a bruised pelvis. He got ejected, and since then he's missed two games with knee soreness. Um, and I just uh, it just seems curious to me. And I, I, I know he spoke uh, at shoot-around. Um, so I, yeah. I, I know this year is not about wins and losses, and I know this uh, is a gap year, and it's nice for him to get his rest. But it just seems curious to me that uh, he came back from a bruised pelvis, played a little bit, got ejected, and, and we haven't seen him since. I think the flip side to, to that, uh, if if you're saying, hey, well, you know, they, look, they've been lenient with him all year. Of course, year of course. And, and found ways to allow him to have breaks. At this point, though, I think you could almost put him uh, as far as maybe taking a couple of more games away uh, and you almost want to align it with Steph Curry at this point right yeah in, yeah. in terms of hey you know what if, if he's going to miss a couple of games and and you maybe believe that Steph was going to play tonight and that turned out not to be the case without getting into all the details about all the reporting on all of that once you know it's not going to be tonight and you know it's not going to be Tuesday night in some ways, you might want to just try to, if you're going to give Draymond more time off at sink some point, let's sync it up. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. And, and, and allow him to play with Steph and allow Wiggins to play with the other two because I do think there is a benefit in that. So if I that agree. means Draymond winds up missing tonight and missing Tuesday in Denver and then maybe he comes back with, with Steph potentially, okay. yeah. Then and that's two more games that maybe they could play together where you're not maybe wasting the amount, you know, the total amount, if there is a set total amount that you want to play Draymond of these last 21. What did you think of Wiggins tonight? 35 minutes, he scored 27, 9 of 19. He shot much better than he did last night, along with, uh, let's see, six rebounds, a couple of assists. He was also a minus 31 in the ballgame tonight. Uh, I liked his offensive game. Uh, Again, he continues to miss free throws. Uh, 8 of 11, I know that's a... Uh, a decent percentage, but it, I just I, I want to see him. I want to see him ten of eleven. Yeah, and I want to see him uh, miss four three pointers too. And, took and five miss four. There's a lot of possessions, and look, I'm careful to be too critical of the Wiggins that we see playing with this current team, and I've said that a couple of different times. Uh, but there's just too many possessions where it's just him. And he kind of creates, and he shoots a pull-up long two, and it's just and it's just a miss, and and then it's back the other way uh, we go. And and look, some nights it's just going to be that way. Uh, you know, he drove to the basket at times. He's he's he drove to the basket more. Uh, I it, I thought it was just kind of a 
kind of a uh, game. Yeah, there wasn't much he could do tonight. Not, not I, bad, I thought not, he had not a great. pretty good game. Yeah. We've seen him have better games. We've seen him have worse games in the short time. He's been here awfully, was, uh, obviously tough tonight against a team that was shooting the ball really well. And not to make excuses, I mean, the Warriors looked, Damian Lee especially to me, looked like um, last night took a little toll on him. I know it's the NBA, and, hey, you got a game, you got to play. Uh, but the Warriors, um, well, as you said, they made a little run there at the end of the first half. But then 31-19 to 19 in the third quarter for the Wizards. And thanks for coming, everybody. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It is Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here at Chase Center. If you want to weigh in with your thoughts on this one, 21 games to go. The Warriors have dropped nine straight now at Chase Center, which equals their worst home losing streak in 19 years, going all the way back to 2001. Well, Steph's coming back. Presumably Thursday. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Very good chance he's back Thursday against the Raptors. So maybe that's where they snap the streak. Yeah, you got to go all the way back to January the 18th. So the night before, to put that in a sports context, that's the night before the 49ers beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game. Wow. <laughs> By the way, January 17th is the last time Bradley Beal scored fewer than 26 points in a game. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good, and he's on a tear, uh, obviously. 22 in the first quarter for him. I think irritated at the the state of his team and irritated by you know being an all-star snub and, and all kinds of things, just kind of taking out his anger on the rest of the league over that particular uh, point in time. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors tonight as he met with the media downstairs in the Bill King interview room. Uh, Steve Kerr uh, talking uh, about the Warriors and their loss to the Wizards, 124-110. to Yeah, I just want to talk to you about Pascal's rebounding. Um, I think he had five offensive rebounds tonight. Do, do you want to see that more out of him? I mean, it seems like when he wants to, he can kind of go in there and be a kind of a power rebounder. Uh, I think it comes naturally to him on the offensive end for sure. You know, he's just so strong and he he's getting to the rim pretty easily. And and uh, when he misses shots, he's he's clearing everybody out and going and getting the the rebound. So um, it's a big part of his game. And um, yeah, he's he's done a lot of good things for us this year, and that's that's one of them. Uh, Wizards hit two thirds of their three pointers tonight. They have some really good three point shooters, but that's kind of been a theme a lot for you guys this year. Uh, What's your level of frustration with that, and can this team be a much better three-point defensive team? Yeah, I mean, we, we let Beal get going right away, um, and then we let uh, Bertans get going in the second half. And, and uh, you know, I mean, they can make 20 out of 30 um, any night if we leave them wide open like that. They're, they're that kind of uh, shooters, those two. They made 15 of 19 together. And so we have to be much better defensively. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm aware we had you know back-to-back with eight guys, so I, th- I thought we looked tired. Um, but I told the guys after the game, you know, circumstances uh, in the NBA over 82 games, there's going to be nights like this. And uh, you have to be able to count on uh, your defensive awareness. And, you know, when you can't count on your legs or your depth because of injuries or whatever, you've got to be able to, to game plan and stick to your game plan and, and be aware and be ready. And uh, we're we're a very young team. We're not ready to uh, to reach that level yet. And that's that's what we have to try to do. Steve uh, Mulder got off to a rough game. The first game, 
good game last night, good uh, game seemingly tonight. Your impressions of him and what it's like for a guy on a 10-day contract to impress early and often. He's a really good player. Um, I'm, I'm impressed uh, by uh, not only his shooting but uh, his defense. You know, last night he took on a really good challenge with Devin Booker. You know, tonight we put him on Beal at times, and um, he, he accepts the challenge. Uh, plays bigger than he is, um, and when you're on a 10-day, you know, it, it um, feels like every play is important, every shot is important. It's not easy to relax and, and just go play. And I thought last night was a really good uh, indication of what kind of competitor he is. You know, he was 0 for 4, 0 for 5, um, you know, in the third day of his contract. And clock's ticking, and, and he just kept shooting, kept firing, kept defending, and helped us win the game, came back and had a great game again today. So he's, he's a competitor, really good player. I'm impressed. Steve, you mentioned uh, you know your game plan today, but you know after seeing, uh, excuse me, one second, sorry, <laughs> my mistake. Uh, after seeing Beal go off for 22 in that first period, how do you guys kind of change things around and maybe throw some different things at him uh, moving forward and throughout the rest of the game? He only scored you know 34 overall after put up 22 in the first period. Yeah, we tried to do a, a few different things tonight, and you have to with great players. Uh, you, you have to try to change defenses and. Uh, so we uh, we mixed some things up. We played a little box and one. We uh, blitzed him. We hit him. We did all all, uh, all kinds of things, and uh, I, it, we never um, you know really got to him in the first half. And we slowed him down a little bit in the second half. But by that time, you know we were playing from behind, and uh, it was a difficult thing to do. See, we all know the roster you've had in recent years, but <clears throat> are you did you expect better three point shooting from your guys than you've been getting here lately? Well, it depends which team you're talking about. We've had about three different ones this season. So um, I think we'll be a better three-point shooting team next year. <laughs> I mean, you've got some guys that can shoot the three ball okay, but it's not often happening. Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the key in, in the NBA is you've got to – got to generate offense and get the defense to react and and then you know that's how the openings happen and when you get the defense reacting and you get open looks you know on on penetration and kicks um the ball tends to go in a lot more often and we just uh, haven't been able to uh, to generate uh, you know a lot of open shots um but it's um you know it's not a shock given our youth and and uh I think you'll see guys shoot better when Steph returns, um, you know, and he's able to break down the defense. You'll see more open ones, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll shoot a better percentage. What exactly uh, is up with Draymond? He just had, like, knee soreness show up after the Phoenix shoot-around. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, shoot-around at Phoenix. He, uh, his knee was just kind of tweaked, and um, it's remained that way the last couple of days. So, yeah. Uh, He's um, he's going to go to Denver, and hopefully he'll be able to play there. How about Looney? Just the same hip that kind of sometimes tight. I don't know what uh, – you know, it's first back-to-back that we've had in a long time. And uh, so he was questionable coming in, and um, I, I don't – I'm not even sure. I just Rick said he's out, and we went on with the game plan, and so we'll have an update tomorrow. Uh, you started with Juan on Beal. How much of that is the confidence that you have in Juan, and is any of it just sort of testing what it is that he can do 
at that level uh, sure. this next few games? Yeah, I mean, both. Both. We, we really like Juan as a, as a defensive uh, pest, you know, somebody who can uh, bother um, offensive players and, and um, you know, just also getting a look at what he can do. And um, we had the opportunity to do, to do both. Steve, with regards to Steph over here um, practicing tomorrow, what are the checkpoints that you're looking for as he gets closer to game action? Um, just, uh, just want him to 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 get um, the feel and the, the get get banged around a little bit, like he's going to in a game, and uh, just normal preparation for a season. Uh, you know, we wouldn't throw him out there on on opening night of the season if he didn't have any time in the exhibition season. So it's the same concept. We just He just needs to, to uh, get a little more scrimmage time. And so hopefully everything goes well tomorrow, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take that next step. Steve mentioned that some of the prolific, you know, three-point shooting from Washington tonight, but part of that was uh, Davis Bertans, and specifically at the end of the game kind of picked up. A guy like that, you know, big that can kind of stretch the floor like that, what kind of challenges does he present? to your group of bigs, and what did he do that tonight? Well, he shoots the three from 10 feet beyond the three-point line, so when you can stretch the floor that much, it means everybody else has to cover uh, that much ground, and when you're trying to deal with Bradley Beal and uh, Bertans is on the weak side, that's a, that's a problem, so he's, he's a great shooter, and uh, he and Beal together are a handful. Thanks, everybody. All right, so- Steve Kerr there uh, after the ball game. Uh, Warriors lose to the Wizards, 124 to 110. Golden State now 13 and 48, 21 games to go in this season. And there's just been so many times this year where there's been a sequence in a press conference or a media availability with Steve Kerr where there's situations regarding the status of a player tonight. I believe it was Anthony Slater asking him about Draymond and, and just what the deal is with Looney. And this season has just been. It's been so odd and strange that at times, Steve, he doesn't even have an answer. Yeah, and it's really worrisome when he's talking about, you know, Kevon Looney and not knowing because we know yeah, that I mean, Looney's had some some really frightening things going on in terms of uh, neuropathy. I did want to touch on the fact that last night, I know we're doing obviously post-game for tonight's game, but Kevon Looney had a nice game last night. That was nice to see. A very nice game. Four or five for ten points and I think six rebounds. And I and look, I think you could make a case that under no circumstances should Kevon Looney be playing in back-to-backs at this point. Yeah. And it only only played about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when you look, and I know the Warriors are shorthanded, so they probably maybe initially would have thought, okay, maybe you do want to get him out there for a few minutes because you want to make sure you have at least eight bodies. Uh, I mean, the Warriors have played with eight so many different times this year. I know you were pointing that out uh, as we were getting ready to come on the air here. But it just it it just goes to show how difficult and confusing and different this season has been for everybody, but in particular Steve Kerr because he's – I mean, I just can't tell you how many times there's been a moment where he either doesn't have the answer or he's searching for the answer or it almost seems like he's maybe trying to protect the truth a little bit uh, in his answer. Well, as we heard Steve talking about the three-point shooting, and I think that was Monty Poole. In fact, I know it was Monty Poole asking him about that. That's something that we've talked about a lot. This team, they should be able to make more threes. Why aren't they making more threes? Tonight, if you break it down, starters and bench players, the starters tonight for the Warriors uh, from the three-point line, they were 3 of 16. 
But the bench bunch, the three-headed bench bunch, which, of course, tonight was Pascal, Mulder, and Poole, they were 6-12. Uh, so Pascal, Mulder, and Poole, and I know that you know, this, this was a pretty one-sided game. They had nice games tonight. Pascal had 17, Mulder had 17, and Jordan Poole had 17. So if there was a bright spot tonight, I think it was those three players, plus the fact that Wiggins put up some pretty nice numbers. And, and, and Marquise Chris actually had a few moments, too. Yeah, and, a, and another nice, nice night for Eric Pascal after a, a real good game. Yeah. Yeah. Last night uh, in Phoenix and helping the Warriors get that win. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Wizards beat the Warriors 124-110. to uh, We'll be back right here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Dickinson and Whitey Gleason back here inside Chase Center. Wizards beat the Warriors 124 to 110. Warriors now 13 and 48 with 21 games to go. Still waiting for the return of Stephen Curry. Some good news from Steve Kerr in the postgame press conference regarding Draymond Green. Will make the trip to Denver as the Warriors will head there tomorrow. Their lone trip to Denver. Uh, and you know, the hope is maybe he'll be able to play. If not, uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's, you know, too serious. It's just something where, you know, at this stage of the year where the Warriors are at, you, you don't want to necessarily put them out there if it's uh, in a position where it could really, you know, impact things down the line. And again, as we talked about, I'd, I wouldn't mind seeing his time on the court be matched up as much as possible with not only Steph Curry, but, but with uh, Andrew Wiggins. We're going to hear from Michael Mulder coming up in just a moment, but let's uh, get to Rob in Oakland on the phone lines. Rob, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Rob. Hey, hello. Uh, thanks thanks for having me on. Always good yeah. talking with you guys here. Yeah. I wanted to uh, yeah. focus on um, Mulder and Wiggins. I, I, in my mind, there's no doubt he's going to be on an NBA team next year. What I like about him is his defense that he played against Booker. And then if you know, and noticing that, what, Beal started with a blistering 22 points in the first in the first quarter. Boulder actually played him pretty well in the second half, not to mention only that he's had the poise, he shoots the ball well. And then real quick on Wiggins, I'm very encouraged by Wiggins. I think he what last week he had a one rebound. Last couple games he had seven yesterday, six today. He tells me he's responding to coach. I'm sure that he's in his ear. And he sees the court very much more so than I thought. Attacks the bucket. I think it's going to be a tremendous addition after the summer coming into next year. I think it's going to be uh, he's going to be fantastic for the Warriors. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I, I do think when you look at Wiggins, I don't necessarily know night in night out what to make of his shooting numbers. You know, okay, one of five from three that that needs to improve. I, I say every game it seems I want him to make a few more free throws than he does, no matter what uh, the number winds up exactly for a night but I think you could really make a case that that Andrew Wiggins game good or bad can be dictated based on the other categories in the stat sheet because there has been a handful of games among those that he's played with the Warriors where you know it, it does look like tonight where uh, you know he's got a couple of steals and a couple of blocks and six rebounds there have also been games where he has 17 to 22 points, and it's zeros or ones across all of those 
categories uh, that we just mentioned. Yeah, I know I, I've, I've been a little critical of the way Wiggins, in the short time he's been here, he started to disappear here and there. But for the most part, I'm, I'm with Rob. I think the Warriors have to be very encouraged to your point about his shooting, I noticed last night he didn't have a good shooting night last night. And for the first time I noticed on a shot or two, looked like a little hitch. You know, it wasn't smooth. Um, he was shooting the ball much smoother after he first got here. And I think the Warriors with their coaching staff, um, they're going to be able to sort that out if it, be, if it continues to be a problem. But Wiggins, everything for him, and I know I'm not the first to say this. I'm not the first to point this out. Everything for him should get simpler and easier once he's playing with Steph Curry and once the Warriors are back at full strength. What have you made of Michael Mulder so far overall? I mean, three, fearless in terms of putting it up. I mean, I have great admiration for anybody who can come in on a 10-day and actually play well. Steve Kerr just talked about that. You know, there's, it's hard to go out. Oh, let's just go out and just play. Well, if I miss a shot, that might be it. You know, it's hard not to let those kind of thoughts creep into your mind. Uh, but he's had a couple of – and then especially when you, your first game is not a good one, you're behind the eight ball. So, yeah, 6 of 10 tonight, 3 of 7 beyond the arc, playing with a lot of confidence. I think Rob made a great point. Um, about how well Mulder, uh, what a willing defender he was tonight on Bradley Beal. So maybe the Warriors have uh, uncovered another gem here. Yeah, I think you, you know you. It's just so hard when you of get to see it is. so little. And, and I know you know last night is the kind of game, and it makes you think that everybody that played could have a potential role on next year's team. Uh, the night before against the Lakers, and you, you look at a game like that and you and you start to think, well, maybe none of these guys other than Damian Lee or Eric Paschal are going to have a role uh, on next year's team. So it, it does tend to fluctuate night in, night out. Uh, but I, I do think it's fair to put anybody that the Warriors are bringing in on a 10-day contract at this point in the category of, well, if they like them enough to bring them in, they could, if they play well enough, set themselves up to be in a position where at least they're fighting for a back end of the roster, final third, let's say 11 to 15 slot on the team. But a lot of those spots are are currently filled, too, by, by players that are going to be under contract. I mean, I you know, Jordan Poole's and and uh, you know guys like that. Yeah, which is why any player who's a candidate for one of those spots has to be able to show, I can do this, and I can do it consistently. So if Mulder can continue to shoot the ball well, then he's got a chance. Which brings me to Dragon Bender. I know Steve Kerr spoke very highly of Bender before the game, and I've been hoping that he could string together a couple nice games here in a row. His final numbers were you know, decent, eight points, and he had uh, what do you have, 10 rebounds tonight. Yeah, but he just isn't shooting the ball well. He can't finish. And he's flat, and he, yeah, he's missed so many point-blank layups the last couple of nights, plus 0 for 3 beyond the arc tonight. So he's got to do better or he's not going to be here he long. He tends to get w- wide-open looks. Oh, and, it's unbelievable. And, and we were talking a little bit. I, I may have been off the air with Jim just about how his misses are not close. Like a lot of them are just not in and out or back rim. A lot of his misses are, are by – uh, a significant margin. There was a play where he got stopped three times at the rim tonight uh, on the same play. Uh, I just I, I like what he does in other ways, and other, you know I like I like his skill set. But you have to be able to make shots. You got to be if you can't make layups and you can't make threes, 
and you're here for what he's it, it really doesn't matter that you can block a shot or you can move the ball yeah he missed a layup last night oh that happens he missed another layup last night where he got rim checked hmm and then tonight he had an offensive rebound and he went right back to the bucket uncontested and he missed that and that's just uh, odd and obviously um there's no room for that at this level no, absolutely not. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. It is Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Let's go ahead and hear from Michael Mulder uh, as he met with the media. Nice game for Mulder. One of three uh, Warriors bench players tonight, and all three had 17 uh, in this ball game. 17 for Pascal, Poole, and Michael Mulder. Uh, and he spoke with reporters downstairs here at Chase Center. Michael, could you feel the effort tonight, but maybe the bodies not quite being where you want them to be? Yeah, I thought the effort was there for the most part. Playing with seven, eight guys is always difficult, but uh, as long as the effort and energy is there, that's all we can ask of the guys. So, you know, it's unfortunate the way it ended up, but, you know, we, I felt like we fought hard, and then the third quarter just kind of got away from us a little bit, and it was hard to really reel that back in. But I feel like we're, we're trending in the right direction with our effort for sure. Steve said that he put you on Beal after he started getting hot in that first quarter. Was there a conversation that happened at that point? Yeah, um, I mean, not so much a conversation as uh, as it was just an assignment. Um, you know, obviously being put on their, their best player, um, that's a great challenge for me to have. Um, especially in the position that I'm in, trying to earn some uh, respect and earn some trust from the coaching staff and from my teammates. So um, to put me on him, I felt like it was a compliment to me, and uh, it was my job to go out there and compete as hard as I could and try to shut the water off for him. He's an excellent scorer and someone I'm a big, I'm a big fan of uh, offensively. So to be able to guard him and uh, take that assignment on was definitely a, a challenge for me, and I enjoyed it. What have these last four days or so been like for you just from, from a life standpoint? They've been great. Um, you know, obviously... Uh, coming from Sioux Falls, I was in a good environment uh, to prepare me for this moment. And uh, I appreciate everything they did to, to prepare me for that. And then coming up here, uh, the last four days have been great. The guys have embraced me and uh, really made me feel like I'm at home here, um, as well as the coaching staff giving me an opportunity to play and uh, show what I can do out there and, uh, you know, show that I can earn some trust. So it's been it's been an unbelievable opportunity, and I'm, I'm excited to keep uh, keep attacking it like this. It's kind of piggybacking off that question. What's your first impressions of Coach Kerr and uh, him giving you, obviously you guys are shorthanded, but giving these kind of responsibilities like was mentioned before, guarding Beal? Yeah, um, obviously, I was a huge fan of Coach Kerr growing up even. Um, I loved his coaching style. I loved the way he ran the team. Um, obviously, as everybody's seen in the past years, um, they've had tons of success um, offensively and defensively and obviously ton of respect there. And, um, you know, to, to have me come in and, and be a new guy and have me uh, have an assignment so serious like that, um, I felt like it was, a, it, was a, it was a big moment for me, and I appreciated that from him because um, just to be able to earn that trust from him, obviously, is a blessing for me. So um, I'm going to continue to keep uh, striving to get better, um, striving to attack these opportunities and take it day by day, and I uh, hope I can make the most of it. Michael, how would you describe the challenges you face, first of all, getting open looks from three, and second of all, playing with a bunch of guys that basically you just met? Yeah, um, obviously the game is a little bit faster. Um, Getting open for three is obviously going to be a little bit more difficult. These guys have a little bit more length, speed, you know. Um, but, you know, it's something that something that I'm embracing. I'm really excited about it, excited about the opportunity to get better. You know, I've been working on, on those things in the past couple of years, so uh, having the opportunity to do it up top at the highest level is obviously a blessing for me, and I'm excited to get better at that. But playing with the guys that I just met, it doesn't feel very difficult. Like, I feel like these guys, even just watching their games before getting here, you know, they play the right way. They move the ball. The ball's always popping and swinging. There's no, there's no guy on the roster that I feel like, 
wants to dominate the basketball, which you see a lot around the league. So obviously I feel like they've, uh, they've made it a lot easier for me to transition into this role that I'm in now, and uh, I appreciate that out of them. Hey Michael, uh, as someone on a ten-day contract, like you don't you don't know what the future is going to hold, right? You're doing everything you can now. In, in that situation, are you eager for Steph Curry to get back and be on the court so you can have some opportunity to play alongside him? Yeah, of course. You know, obviously, coming in on a ten-day just to have an opportunity to play is a great opportunity in itself. I know a lot of guys they come on ten days and stuff like that, and they might not get get so many minutes or so many reps even in practice. So um, it's been it's been a really good it's been a really good chance for me to showcase myself here. But as far as Steph getting back. Obviously, I'm super excited about that. Really hope he gets back while I'm here. Um, wishing him the best of health and a speedy recovery right now because to have him back during my time here would be huge for me. I feel like, obviously, he would make me better on and off the court, and uh, I'm excited to get to work with him uh, a little bit during games. So hopefully uh, we can get him back during my time here, and um, I'm really looking forward to playing with him, honestly. Thank you, guys. All right. Got to like what you hear there from Michael Mulder. Yeah, did you hear the story of how he found out that the Warriors wanted him? Yeah, he, uh, he says, this is him talking, he says, it was approaching midnight, I get a call from a number I didn't recognize, so I didn't answer it at first. Then I got a text that said, call me back, it's time urgent. So I call back, and they said, it's so-and-so from the Golden State Warriors, sorry to call you so late, but I have good news for you. They said, we want to offer you a 10-day, I know it's late, but would you be willing to get on a flight over here at 6 a.m.? I was like, sir, I'll get on a flight anytime you want me to, I'll go right now if you want. Uh, that's where I was, and I was happy to be with some of my teammates, they were super excited for me. Yeah, that's great. And no, that, that is terrific. Who's calling me? Leave me alone. I don't recognize this number. And, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, he, he sounds like a guy that's pretty familiar and a good fit with the program, if you will. Yes. You know, just in terms of having an understanding of, of Steve Kerr and his coaching style and, and the success that they've had both offensively and defensively. It, it meshes well with what we've seen so far out of his game. When you look at the way the Warrior bench had been depleted over the last couple seasons because of the payroll, don't you think that's part of what they're doing now? Is oh, they're yeah. trying to prepare, and they want it, they don't want to be in a situation where we just don't have anybody in these important games well, that we can rely on. They're going to have to have a bench. Yeah, they're going to have to yeah. have a very good bench. It's I mean, this is not uh, strength in stars anymore. You know, it was strength in numbers for a while, and I think it really became strength in stars with a couple of guys on the bench that you really could trust. Uh, I think the Warriors next year want to have 15 players, if possible, that they feel can play if they need them to play. And they may not have a lot of money to spend on all those players, so that's one of the reasons they're looking for players like this, right? Yeah, I, and I, I just they're going to need they're going to need a full squad. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. what I think we think they can be, and what they are banking on being, which is a team that's going to get back not just into the playoff mix, but be in the top half of say a Western Conference. Uh, playoff picture. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up here on 95.7. The game continues after this. Warriors wrap up continues on 95.7. The game. Wizards beat the Warriors tonight here at Chase Center. 124-110. to 110. Still time to maybe sneak in a phone call or two. Absolutely. 888-957-9570. Warriors uh, back in action on Tuesday as they will take on the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets had an impressive win uh, earlier today, and Denver still in that mix uh, with the Clippers right at the top of the Western Conference. They beat uh, – 
No. Who did they beat? They beat Toronto today. That's right. It was the Clippers that played Philly, Toronto. All these teams are coming out west. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you're starting to see, uh, you know, those interconference uh, ma- matchups. Yeah, Denver with a nice win, 133-118 to 118 over Denver the Raptors. responding to Coach Malone saying his team was soft. Yeah, he, he pulls that out of the bag, yeah, I want to say, once every eight or nine games. Yeah. And and his team does tend to respond. There, there was a point early on, and I, I love Coach Malone, uh, even going back to his time here when he was an assistant for Mark Jackson uh, in the very early going of the Warriors' turn. Uh, he... I was a little worried in the early part of his tenure, not only with Sacramento but with Denver, because he was such a bulldog. Like he would just call his team out, and I thought, boy, he does that a lot, and that could that could wind up being, you know, a problem for him down the line. And and especially even with Denver, you know, Sacramento, whatever that happened, and I think everybody that knew what was going on there knew that that was not an indictment on him; it was an indictment on what was going on with that franchise. But he gets to Denver, and it's a lot of like just hard nosed, tough on his team. But they they've responded well, and and they get they get credit for sticking with him because I think there was a point where they weren't maybe having as much success as quickly as they would have liked, and a lot of coaches don't make it through that, especially coaches that have already been fired in another place. But they stuck with him. And it's wound up to be a tremendous fit, and now everybody knows, hey, he's a damn good coach. You mentioned Coach Malone with the Kings, and a guy who was on that team told me once that sometimes DeMarcus, we know about DeMarcus, and he would test his coaches and test his teammates, and somebody on the team said Coach Malone would stand right up to him, and he would throw him out of practice. And he said that was one of the reasons DeMarcus actually got along with him because he respected him, but Mike Malone did not back down from DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, so the Warriors will get uh, their only trip to Denver uh, on Tuesday, uh, as what Denver and Dallas, the only two Western Conference uh, opponents, where the Warriors make one trip uh, as opposed to two. Uh, Andrew, and then anything special about the Raptors coming in Thursday? Anything else going on with that game? Well, I, I look. I'm. I'm. Huh? Huh? It's the first of another four-game homestand. Okay. All uh, right. And and yeah, I mean, it is the next opportunity to where Stephen Curry could could play. But what's next for Steph is going to be tomorrow in Santa Cruz. He's going to be practicing and scrimmaging uh, with the Santa Cruz Warriors. We'll see how he makes it through there. I know Steve Kerr in his, his post-game press conference, which we played for you, he said he wants them to you know get banged around a little bit, you know, like, hmm. like you would in a game, and see how he comes through it and see how he's feeling. Uh, again, it, it seems like none of this really has to do with the hand. It has more to do with just making sure that you're not putting a guy out there that isn't ready to play 30 minutes in an NBA game to where maybe you injure something else. A coach, a Saint team, we talked to Saint today on 95.7 The Game, and the way he phrased it was sometimes you have to protect a player from himself because Steph Curry is ready to go, and perhaps he he shouldn't be playing as much yet as he wants to, so it's incumbent upon the team to be prudent and say, mm, you're going to get to play, just not yet. Let's make sure we got all our eyes uh, dotted and T's crossed. So that's all that's going on. He'll be back soon enough, it appears, and then tonight will be forgotten. And you know, Which it, is not a bad idea and the to Warriors forget are, tonight. I mean, look, the Warriors, I, I think, are, are doing the right thing, and Steve Kerr has addressed this, and Steph has said, I want to play, and, and Steve has said, hey, you know, if you, you – you could get injured at any point. Uh, I know a lot of people still say he shouldn't be playing but, at all. But but all that said, no, all that said, I mean, whether it's the final uh, 20 games or 
16 of 20 or 13 of, of 17 or however many games it winds up being that, that he plays here between now and the end of the year, the Warriors, as much as they've explained it and we agree with it and Steph wants it, they still are entering a – I mean, that's a vulnerable time because if something were to happen, they would they would get hit pretty hard for it. I know a lot of fans are suggesting, hey, he shouldn't play because they have to maximize their chances of getting the top pick. Now, it's, you know, the lottery's not what it used to be, and they're in really good shape as far as that goes. And I know we've talked about this and talked about it, then we talked about it some more, so we're going to talk about it again real quickly uh, once again. Uh, the bottom three teams have the same shot, Yeah, 14% right? and, chance. And, yeah, my point is the Warriors are in really solid shape as far as that goes. They have an excellent chance of getting um, the top chance of landing the first pick. It's not a great chance, but it's the best chance you can get. So I really don't think that would be a factor in terms of the Warriors deciding when Steph Curry comes back. Well, do you and agree? They, no, and, and they do. I think that may have been a factor in determining it being March 1st as opposed to, you know, February 8th or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but at this point. But at this point, no. At this point, they have a four-and-a-half game lead over the next closest team. And just to quickly update people on that before we hear from Andrew Wiggins and call it a night, uh, the Warriors 13-48. and 48. The next closest team right now is Cleveland 17-43. and 43. So they have a four-and-a-half game lead there. And here come those Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves are now the next team in that mix at 17-42. and 42. And then after that, it is... Is it the Knicks? The Knicks. Yeah. Wow. So the Knicks currently have the twelve and a half percent chance. Where'd the uh, Hawks go? The Hawks have won a couple. Yeah. And they are now nineteen and forty three. Uh, the Pistons are, are a game uh, you know outside of that, but yeah, it's kind of the Knicks and the Hawks right now battling for that fourth spot. Uh, but what it's Cleveland, Golden State, and Minnesota that are the bottom three. Let's go ahead and hear from uh, Andrew Wiggins before we. Get out of here. Andrew Wiggins tonight, 9 of 19, 27 points. Uh, he did have a couple of blocks, a couple of steals, and a couple of assists to go with six rebounds, and he met with the media after the game. Andrew, at this point, how excited are you just knowing that Steph's going to be returning pretty soon and you're going to get the opportunity to, to play with him pretty soon? I'm very soon. excited. You know, I feel like everybody is. He's so clear that single-handedly he, he's going to come and, you know, change the way everyone plays, you know, for the better. So I'm excited. You know, he's a game-changer. Defensively, um, Steve's been sliding you on ones and twos and threes, I mean, all over the floor. I mean, what do you think about your ability to guard those multiple positions? Um, I think I can guard multiple positions, you know, and especially on the point guard, just playing length and trying to, you know, disrupt the offense a little bit, you know. But um, they've been giving me – you know, a lot of responsibility, and I'm just taking it head on, you know, I'm accepting the challenge, and I'm trying to be the best defender I can be, you know, for the team. Andrew, uh, when you look at uh, the Wizards' three-point numbers tonight, I think they were 20 for 30 as a team. For you guys as a team, do you think of it as, you know, they have a, had a couple of red-hot shooters and there's not much you can do, or do you think there's a lot that you guys can do to limit numbers like that? Um, there's a lot that we can do. In that first quarter, we didn't come out, you know, ready you know, they did. Uh, I feel like they got a lot of early threes that way. You know, it kind of led them. You know, just, they got hot, you know, out of that. Um, so, including myself, we just got to come out, you know, with the mindset and, you know, follow, you know, the defensive game plan. And on the other side, Steve was saying when he was here that um, when Steph comes back, <laughs> that it will open things up for the offense, um, more driving and kicking and stuff like that. 
how much of a difference do you think that can make for guys like you who can really play off of that? Oh, it'll make a big difference, you know, especially for people that, you know, like to drive and attack the basket because Steph attracts a lot of attention. You know, he's someone that you have to watch and look at every time he's on the floor. You know, you can't sleep, you can't relax on him at all. You know, so that's going to open up the floor for everybody else. Uh, over to your left again. Honestly, uh, what's the toll of playing with eight guys, nine guys every night? You know, after a few games, how does that start to feel for an athlete? No, it is what it is. You know, I've been in this position before. You know, when I was in Minnesota, you know, there's a lot of times where we'd have, you know, not a lot of players. Um, so it's not, you know, terrible. We're all young. You know, so I feel like we're not getting tired that easily. You know, we're just playing through everything. You know, there's going to be ups and downs in the season, but we're just fighting through, trying to finish strong. What are your thoughts on the pace that you guys are playing at, and is it different much from what it was like in Minnesota? Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. The pace of this team is, you know, just fast. You know, up and down, up and down, pushing the ball ahead. So it's a little different. Andrew, you... You mentioned playing with guys, you know, younger, not a lot of experience. Uh, Steve seemed pretty high on, on Michael Mulder after tonight, um, specifically against uh, Bradley Beal. You know, after the 22-point first quarter, say so threw him on to Bradley and kind of slowed down that, that tempo and limited him to 34 overall for the night. What did you see from Michael tonight, and how do you think he's kind of getting along on, under this 10-day contract? Um, he's been doing great, you know, on both sides of the floor. Defensively, he's getting after it. You know, he's showing everyone that he can defend, you know, multiple positions. You know, he's fast. He's he's stronger than he looks. Um, and on offense, you know, he's shooting the ball well. You know, he's playing with confidence. He's attacking. You know, he's doing everything we need him to do. So he's, he's been great. And how much of the defending the three ball on the other team, how much of it is execution and how much of it is just effort? Because, I mean, you guys are playing with guys who yeah. barely know each other in some ways, you know. I wouldn't say it's too much effort because we're all playing hard. You know, we came out playing hard, but I just feel like we didn't follow the, you know, the game plan, you know, correctly. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff we could have done better. All right, so Andrew Wiggins there following his ball game uh, tonight. Whitey, final thoughts? I would just say this. It says a lot about the coach, the players, the players who are not here yet, and the fans. But the Warriors are, without a doubt, the most upbeat 13-48 and 48 team in the history of organized sports. It's incredibly unique when you look at uh, the record, and but the situation, going from a team that was nine months ago contending for an NBA championship, now in a situation where they are where they are, and they also think they're going to be very good next year. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, for Tim Jordan setting us up out here, thanks to uh, Alex Scott and Cody Pasby. For Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. Wizards beat the Warriors tonight, 124-110. to We are back on Tuesday in studio, 4.30 with Warriors Live, 6 o'clock tip between the Warriors and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Wizards send the Warriors to their ninth consecutive home defeat. Again, 124-110 to is the final, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 